So one of the things I find fascinating are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? So I hope you'll join me on Legends of the Brand. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to Legends of the Brand. This is Phil Gordon here with you. And today we are talking with Inga Taylor of Key Accounts Marketing of Amher Sports UK. Welcome, Inga. Hi, how are you, Phil? Good, thanks. Good, thanks. So um, I thought today we'd just uh, maybe kick it off a little bit and wonder if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your background and your your story and how you kind of got to where you are here um, working in the snow sports industry. Um... Well, it's quite, it's a very it's a varied journey, um, but I was very very lucky that my parents learned to ski when they were quite, um, I guess, middle aged. Um, both went uh, skiing up in uh, Glenshee in Scotland, and um, always had a bit of a passion for snow sports and the outdoors. And I was lucky that when I was three years old, my parents took me skiing in Lavinio, in Italy. Um, and and I guess it's kind of a very vivid memory for me. I remember being in the mountains, loving it. Um, the lift attendants had to try and put me onto the little button lifts because I was a tiny little thing. Um, and just skiing up and down the nursery slopes all day long. So, yeah, kind of a, a passion that was instilled in me by my parents, but one that I've kind of continued Um I raced a little bit when I was younger, so mainly on dry ski slopes, but also out on snow as well. Uh, luckily enough to represent the country. Um, spent three, four years out in the French Alps, being a bit of a ski bum, being a ski tech and a chalet girl and a chef, which was a fantastic way to spend my formative years. And then came home and thought, oh, I need to get myself a proper job. So, uh, <laughs> it's yeah well, it's a terrible thing that I didn't at the time think the the snow sports industry was a proper job but um it, no it, it is, is it is and it's a shame I, I didn't realize it at that <laughs> point um but then uh have always been quite a techie geek I suppose um I, you know I loved playing around with my skis I used to love servicing skis before ski racing have always quite like tech and engines and fixing cars and I suppose I have quite a um I have quite a lot of boy genes, I suppose. I'm, I kinda like getting muddy and messy and involved in things. So um <laughs> which is it's funny, I guess. Um so I kind of uh, went and worked in London um for a couple of years doing uh, PR and marketing um, in the city for corporate financial PR, which was great fun, especially at the time. Um, It was definitely the time to be working in the city. Lots of parties, lots of fun. Um, Still managed to go on skiing holidays and and enjoy the outdoors. And then I slowly moved into um, the more kind of a a technology role. So Worked for brands like Monster.com, the recruitment company, um, and I also worked for NTL, which is now Virgin. So doing corporate uh, PR and marketing for them, lots of event organization. Um, so that, that was quite an interesting 
company to work for, then moved into a bit of management consultancy, um, still in a, a very digital perspective. So working on encouraging brands to embrace e-commerce and home shopping and how people could use the internet to better their lives, I guess, looking at um, a number of different technologies of, um, I guess, um, it was just a quite a, an interesting, it was, it was long enough to go, or go to, uh, for there still to like, technology was still quite new, the internet was quite new and working with some luxury brands on how they could embrace the internet and that it wouldn't destroy their business, but it would enhance their business. So that was quite an interesting uh, time in my life. And then uh, I started working, I left there to uh, start a new challenge and it was working for a, um, an internet provider based quite locally to where I live, who provides the, um, the internet solutions to schools in London. And it really interested me to understand how we as a business and we as people could protect children in in their use of the internet so i spent quite a long time working there again doing lots of marketing and events and working with the schools and um helping helping out when it came to some of the challenges that we had we were uh, really knowledgeable about new technologies and and the new social media that was kind of being introduced and how children would be using that. So we used to work with a, a team of highly intelligent and very technical school kids and give them our software solutions and let them break them so we could help to make a safer environment for the kids, which was uh, really exciting. Um, and you just realise how, you know, kids don't need to be stopped from using the internet. They just need to be shown how to use it safely. Um, from then, um, our company was bought out by a really huge company called Capita, who are an IT services provider. They look after pensions and lots and lots of other aspects of our life that we don't realize about. But I, I was really lucky, stayed in the IT sector, working with big brands like Cisco and Apple. Really, for me, it was a fantastic opportunity to be able to work with the people at Apple on a daily basis because the way that they work, the way that their marketing works is just above and beyond the majority of other companies and especially within the IT sector. So worked with them for a couple of years and thought, I really need to do something different, really need to do something different. And saw a job advertised, phoned a recruitment company, and the recruiter just said to me, I've got one question to ask you. And, it's, and if you don't answer it right, then we won't take this conversation any further. And I said, what's the question? And he said, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love skiing? And my answer was, oh, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, how, how high does it have to be? And he said, well, I think I've got a job for you. And uh, it was to work as the marketing manager for Snow and Rock, who for me, was one of the pinnacle retailers within the winter sports industry. I had known them practically since the day that they'd opened their door, had been a customer, loved their brands, loved what they stood for, just loved everything about them. And uh, so I went along for my interview, met my uh, the, the person that would become my uh, boss, 
and just had a really good had a really good feeling about it and um, they were looking to employ someone that was potentially from outside of the retail sector but had some passion for the brand and um, but could bring you know a, a knowledge base of marketing and how to maybe do things a little bit differently so uh, yeah ended up working for Snare and Rock for five years um, which is how I met the uh, lovely Phil Gordon and and, and then two years ago um, the company relocated and I was not in a position to relocate with them which was very disappointing Um, but I was in contact with a a few people and um, it just happened at the right time to be speaking to the team at Amasports who uh, were looking for a marketing person to cover a maternity lover for, uh, maternity cover for one of their staff. So uh, I uh, left Snow Rock and headed to Amasports, who, for those of you that don't know, um, Amma is a pretty big company. They own Salomon, they own Atomic. They own Wilson Tennis, Wilson Golf, Wilson Team Sport. They also own Sunto, the watch brand, and also Peak Performance, and a number of other um, American sports companies, um, and also uh, uh, Envy, the bike company. So, uh, yeah, fantastic opportunity. Kind of came along just at the right time. So, so now here I am working at Amma Sports. And lucky for me, I, I still, you know, stay within the winter sports industry and uh, still get to work with some some great retailers as well. So it's, it's nice to see um, life from a, a brand perspective, but have a, an understanding of life as a retailer as well. That's very cool. I mean, just taking a step to to back you a little bit, I think it's uh, fascinating. Uh, obviously, having had the opportunity to to know you for for quite a while, I hadn't perhaps realized how long a, a career you'd had in the in the digital in the IT world. Uh, and then, obviously, it almost seems like a, 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 a you know the opposites going from digital and IT, which is very kind of insular potentially an online and virtual, to getting involved in the in snow sports and uh, being you know in the mountains and open up and, and stretching rise and everything like that. Did you find it was difficult to, to though you had a passion for snow sports, do you, did you find it difficult moving from such a insular industry to something um, quite so It, it was, um, it was open, quite a challenge I mean? to start with, but I think I was, because I have such a passion for the industry, I'm, I'm a kind of, I'm quite, I'm not great when I'm just kind of locked behind my desk um I do need I do kind of tend to use the outdoors as my escape so it was for me it was great to be able to bring all of the knowledge that I got from the IT sector about you know how different things work and how how brands and companies work together and and actually the benefits of using technology in a business to then be able to bring that into a company that was just it's to come into the retail sector for anyone that moves from from any sector into the retail sector the retail sector is very very different and I'd worked in IT everyone thinks that the IT sector is very fast paced it's got nothing on retail um 
So, you know, it, there was, I, for me, I had quite a lot of catching up. There was, um, you know, the first year in, within um, the uh, retail sector was, it was, every day was a learning day because every, you know, everything, um, there is a, there, it, everything rolls with the seasons. And I, and I guess in, uh, within the IT sector, it's, it, everything just kind of rolls along and, and there's nothing that really changes where, within retail, you know, winter sports, outdoor sports, everything happens in a very kind of, you know, it's a seasonal banner and you're kind of juggling three seasons at the same time. So from a brand perspective and a retailer perspective. So it's it's a very different environment to be in and it's very, very fast paced and it's constantly moving and juggling many, many balls at the same time. So it was a learning curve, but I'm always up for a challenge. <laughs> It's a <laughs> fair. I mean, it's, I think it's interesting you're saying how um, obviously retail being so dynamic. I mean, obviously you haven't chance to work in it myself, but uh, as you say, everybody thinks that uh, IT is is dynamic. And um, what I was going to try to dive in there a little bit is you said obviously you had a chance to work with people like Apple. And uh, what I was uh, interested to find out is are there um, you know I would see that the uh, snow sport industry and particularly say, say somebody like yourself who loves snow sports and there's probably a bit more of a, um, a human connection to uh, what it is you do in the outside and, and the connections with skiing and sharing with people. And obviously everybody knows Apple has a, a great ethos as well. Are there any parallels in terms of other snow sports um, as, as, a, as the brands you work with now with uh, Salomon and Atomic and everybody like that? And the, and uh, the I ethos would say... of say Apple? There, there. Apple is a very different company, um, and I, I would say from all of the other IT businesses and or the, the ones that I've worked with, and I think that maybe that's what makes them stand out. They've always wanted to be the maverick. They've always wanted to do something slightly differently from their advertising. Um, you know, from way, way back in the day when uh, Steve Jobs was working out of the garage, you know, there's, there's a lot of similarities between the um, IBM story and the start of the Apple story. And then it's, it's the leadership of those, those businesses that makes them so completely different. And I think a lot of, of what Apple does is they don't tell you that you need to have a phone they tell you what's great about their products. That, and that's, it's, it's kind of the why. Why, mm -hmm. why everyone needs a phone, but why do you need an Apple phone? And it's not even, oh, because it's got the, they just tell you about the product. They make you want it. And I think that's where a lot of the, yeah. um, you know, a winter sports brands, we, have, we understand that people don't need our products. You know, it's, uh, but, but you want them. You want to have the best skis, the best ski clothing. You want the best ski helmet. You, mm. So a lot, of, a lot of what we have to do is our job as brands is to make people want the product. You don't need to know why, why you need a ski. You want to know what makes it perfect. You know, it's it's kind of it's it's a really good ski. I really love it. It looks amazing. I want it. So you know, I would say <laughs> Apple and and the the ski industry that they're, they're quite similar because they're not products that you need to have, but you want to have them, 
and you want to be associated with certain brands. And I'm quite lucky in the fact that I get to work with a number of the brands that people want to be associated with. <laughs> you have a, 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 a quiver of skis you can go and choose from, a quiver of products you can choose and go, today I'm going to take this, tomorrow I'm going to take that. That sounds pretty good. Um, do you, uh, I mean, obviously spending a bit of time on snow then and uh, having the opportunity to almost choose any particular product out there, do you have, uh, well, I mean, could, could you share with us or share with me your, um, your perfect day on snow? Is it, what is, what is is it a dry slope? I mean, is I, it I carving don't, it I don't up? Is it cheesy, powder? Is I, it bumps? I have one <laughs> day on, that really sticks in my, my head as being a really, a really awesome day. And it was actually a day I skied with you. And I'm not just saying this because it was with you. But um, we were very lucky to go mm -hmm. out on a ski testing trip out to Zermatt. Oh. <laughs> and I remember waking up in the morning, looking out, and it had been snowing, and it was heavily, heavily, heavily snowing. And we were all sent up the mountain with the skis that we'd been skiing on at the end of the day before. And myself, you, and... Oh, someone else. John Backhouse um, were, went up and we had spent the afternoon did, on race did, skis the did day John before. Backhouse? So we go to the top of the mountain in Zermatt and we just say, oh, we'll just go up and up this little chairlift and then we'll ski back down again and then we'll get some powder skis on. We went up to the top of that chairlift. We skied off the chairlift and realised that we were all in knee-deep powder and we then spent an hour skiing up and down the mountain in knee-deep powder in race skis, just having the time of our <laughs> lives because it was difficult, it was messy, but it was such good fun. I, 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 that, was, that was a magical day. That was a truly great day. And I think what's you know, wonderful about that sort of thing is that when you have an experience such as that, you know, uh, we've all had the chance where we perhaps skied on our own, but it's never quite the same unless you can share it with somebody else. It's never quite the same... Uh, when you get to the bottom, all you want to do is you kind of want to get up and do it again. You want to you want to share with your excitement of how awesome it was. And I can't help but think for us in the in the snow sport industry or, or, or many industries, especially as you uh, highlighted a bit earlier on that we it, it lets me on skiing isn't something that people need. But what's fantastic is it's something we we it's something in our souls and we want to share it. And it's um, there's something so wonderful about sharing a, 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 an experience like that. And um there will never be that day again that exact same day again there'll never be exact snow the exact lighting and like that and just such a magical thing and i think one of the the, the i love to do with skiing as somebody such as yourself and with friends and family is that it it's that shared experience of doing something out there and i mean that's probably one of the the, the most passionate things about the sport and i imagine in your role in doing marketing it's actually quite difficult to get that across to people um, um, I think especially if, I'm talking, if the people if, who you're speaking I'm to aren't necessarily skiers how do you approach that very sort of thing? passionately and enthusiastically and for a very long time about how much I love winter sports and snow sports and skiing and being in the mountains but I guess um, someone asked me once what is it about it that I enjoy and I think it's the the beauty of being outside uh, in the mountains. For me, there's, I remember when I was quite young being in the mountains and 
just feeling such a sense of calm and peace and even though we were race training and it would you know it was full on and it was really busy but there just seemed to be that that sense of a calmness and the kind of a happiness and like makes my heart happy it makes my soul feel good that just being out there mm. and then the people that kind of you know ask about the rush of you know oh you're skiing and it's fast and it's that and I just sit there and say well the reason I ski is probably the very same reason that you always see a dog in a car with its head out the window it's that rush of fresh air that you get it's why people love going out on motorbikes it's why people (laughs) love cycling it's that rush you know (laughs) driving along with my head out the window (laughs) <laughs> I have this image of you now going down but it's, it's, it's that kind, you know, it's that kind of it's that feeling that you get off one of, side flapping in the wind just yeah it's, for me it's kind That's of very crazy. much a, it's a very my soul feels happy my yeah. heart feels happy um, but actually there's nothing better than throwing yourself off the top of a mountain and going down as fast as you can and getting to the bottom yeah. in one piece yeah in one piece yeah the uh, a, a few times uh, i know i've had the opportunity and perhaps even uh, skiing with you you've done it but there's some spots you talk about the uh, being calm and finding that spot on the mountain and usually it's off in the you know back country somewhere and there's little or no wind yeah and everybody stops moving and it's a quiet that you it's 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 a loud quiet because you 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 just hear absolutely everything and it's you know the snow muffles a lot of noise as well and if you have uh, some snowflakes coming down you can actually hear the snow settling and it's just in today's modern world and how busy it all is how we're always plugged into many devices listen to podcasts uh, especially this one uh but <laughs> listening to lots of different things um it's actually really endearing to find something that is so completely yeah. opposite and so uh quiet which again is is kind of an interesting parallel considering the, the past you've had with regards to um, it and everything um and uh, i i think it's uh you know such a, a fantastic thing that um you know you obviously you're, you're in the job to share and so when you're working with these many different brands that you have i mean are there other components or what would you say are uh, say three good components that, that make up the, the, uh, the not necessarily the um, brands you work with, but I think, what do you feel um, if makes I talk up about the, the brands success that I work of the three components the make up the success of the um, brands you work with? One of them is their understanding of their customer mm-hmm. and really getting to the heart of who that customer is. And understanding, especially within um, the winter sports business, is understanding that those customers may differ in different countries. Um, so, yeah, the, custom, the customer has to be at the heart of absolutely everything that we do, okay. because otherwise we're designing products that we don't, we can't sell. Um, Also, I from again, I from a personal perspective, 
the brands that I work for, the two winter sports brands that I work for, in fact, three, if you uh, um, talk about uh, uh, peak performance as well, those businesses are based in the heart of the mountains. So, uh, for example, um, Atomic have their factory in the middle of the mountains. They have access to uh, skiing from October, November time through to April, May time. They have a team of people who are designing product who actually can design and build a product in a couple of months. They can get one of their guys out on the mountain testing it. They can come back in the afternoon and say, oh, we don't like that. We need to tweak this. So that the ability that they have to really understand how the product is that they sell. It, you know, the majority of people within the factory have had the chance to try those products before that they get out to the um, out to the general consumer. So the ability to test and try and tweak continuously is is a fantastic thing that in some areas people don't have that opportunity. Um, so, yeah knowing the customers, knowing what they need, and that intrinsic desire to produce the best product for those customers, and even just changing the few minor details that most people wouldn't notice takes that product from being a good product to a, the best product it could be. So I think those, those are the things that kind of really, that's what makes a successful brand. And then it is also that how how they portray those brands and for from my perspective i mm -hmm. work with two two quite different brands from salomon and atomic and although they were part of the same business it's it's how they portray those brands and so people empathize with people will empathize with the salomon brand because they feel that they're a salomon customer they're the, they're the salomon type of skier or there will be those people that empathize with Atomic, the look and feel, they want to be the next Marcel Hersher or, you know, so there, there is, it's, it's a lot of uh, brand empathy um, is reflected in all of the marketing, all of their collateral, their presence. Um, you mentioned obviously sometimes some customers might be a Salomon skier, might be in a, an Atomic skier. Do you, in your head, do you have a way of not necessarily defining that? I think but, uh, that's, that's... How do you like to, to, to I, share that or try to I communicate can, that? Or how, is there a way to define those types of customers? I have that understanding from my old life of being at Snow and Rock is, is I have... Um, I then worked with all of the ski brands, mm -hmm. um, not just two of them. So part of my job then was to understand the the essence of each of those um businesses and then try and portray that in marketing so we would look at how each of the brands would portray themselves and then if we went to do a photo shoot or we were creating some campaigns and um, focusing on specific brands then we would try mm -hmm. and take the essence of their brand but then reflect it in the way that we as snow and rock the retailer would then represent that brand so rather than using their own imagery, we would use the snow and rock imagery, but each of the brands would be reflected by the essence of the brand with a little bit of a twist. 
So I mm-hmm. think there is a there is a way that um, you know from a marketing perspective we we understand that different customers have different needs and it's understanding that customer well enough to know that what will um, inspire and enthuse that customer to say that's what I that's what I want I really I really want to have that or I really like that that's what I'd like to be seen wearing this year. Fair enough. And in terms of uh, this year and, and, and uh, perhaps not necessarily what you're wearing, but uh, do you have your ski quiver kit already um, set out in terms of uh, well, your there's, skis, there's quite boots, a lot of new kit helmets, everything like that? Do you and have a favorite piece I've of kit you're lucky, looking forward to getting onto um, for this year? I've been Salomon Anatomic that I have um, managed to do some testing of some kit for this, for this year. So um, I've got... Um, a new pair of ski boots for the winter, which is a pair of um, Atomics Hawks Ultra Extended. So um, I've got really narrow feet, probably from spending so much time in ski boots when I was a kid. My feet never really grew. Um, so I've got really narrow feet. So it was quite nice to be able to find a pair of um, touring boots that are really narrow. Um, <laughs> so looking forward to getting those out. They're still in a box. Um but also um, the new um, stance ski from Salomon is is quite good. I've not skied on anything quite like it before, so uh, had had a go on those um, at the ski test this year and uh, really liked them. Um, so potentially looking forward to getting out at some point this year if we're allowed to go skiing um, and uh, just do a bit of ski touring and a just just be at the mountains and ski on some kit. But those, those are the two bits of kit that I'm kind of looking forward to. And then, of course, if we do get to do some ski testing this year, it's always fun to see what other brands are doing as well. And the, uh, the UK ski industry is like no other industry I've worked in. And the fact that it's just one big family, everyone's friends. And even though... I would, I represent two brands. Everyone's really happy that everyone goes and tries each other's skis. You go skiing with some of the brand reps. Um, it's just like a really big family and it's, it's such a nice environment to be in. And again, it's unlike anything that I've ever worked in. You, you, don't, you don't get the guys from Cisco and the guys from Apple hanging out together at the end of the day talking about the great exhibition they've just had. Whereas, uh, you know, you, you head out on the ski test and you, the guys from uh, Volkhol and the guys yeah, no. uh, from Atomic probably sitting at the bar having a chat about, I've just had the best yeah. run of the day. So it's a, great, it's a great place to be. It's a great place to work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, look at this year, for example, in terms of everybody working together, the, uh, the ski test obviously was, was supposed to be in Italy. And then with the lockdown and COVID, everything like that what was in the, in the course of about uh, six days, was it or five days? They managed to pull together and move everybody up north, up to Scotland. And for, for many of us, we'd never skied there beforehand. They, just, they managed to pull it together. Yeah. So, yeah, was, uh, you know, you had... Um, it was a trucks that were, were, were empty from one brand saying, I can take some of your stuff up if you want to help with this. I mean, it's, it's brilliant. Everybody pulling together. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it's just, it is obviously uh, quite a big family, but uh, one thing which obviously is, 
I think uh, from from looking at uh, from the outside in is um, you're a very successful uh, female working in the snow sport industry. Obviously, uh, not only been successful in terms of your marketing career, but you also sit on the the board with the SIGB, the Ski Industry of Great Britain. And uh, you know, it's bound to probably be a bit tough. And even though we're working as a as a family, I'd be interested to find out some of your. Um, I would. I would kind uh, of the challenges continue, that you um, you've perhaps come across working in the snow sport um, industry. Having come um, from, if you're happy to share, uh, an IT and tech industry where it is a very masculine environment, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of yeah, you know, I was very lucky enough to work with some great female marketeers and, and mm-hmm. PR people, um, you, you definitely kind of had to shout twice as loud to be heard and to be taken seriously. And for me, that was an, another eye-opening experience of kind of coming into the winter sports and outdoor mm-hmm. um, environment where it is it is still quite a, a male dominated or i wouldn't say dominated in a bad way but there you know it's it's a very male um business lots of people think you know skiing that's kind of it's that's what the boys do um but i would say as a woman coming into the industry it's it is such a lovely and inclusive place to be there are some incredibly influential females um within the UK, but also in mm-hmm. the, you know, the wider arena, general counsel for the Fizz is a, a lady called Sarah Lewis, um, who kind of started ski racing many, many years ago with me, ended up on the British team and, you know, and now it's kind of like almost gone to the pinnacle of, of ski racing. Um, but, you know, in the UK, there's, there's many other uh, women who, are in key positions within the winter sports industry. There are, you know, it's great. We've got, uh, there's uh, lots of of women on the SIGB committee um, from brands and from retailers. So I I do think that we're very lucky that because there is such that family environment that, that is the winter sports industry, it's I, it's it's never been a problem to be a woman and everyone appreciates that you have that people have a voice and and it's never ignored people that people will, are willing to share their opinions and their thoughts and their feelings and and it doesn't matter who says it or or what they say it's it's appreciated because fundamentally we're all pulling together for the same end result of making the ski industry in Great Britain a positive place to be. So yeah, it's it's it is it is very it's very different from IT, but it's it's a it's a really really good fun place to work and to yeah, be part so. of this industry is uh, it's it's a really I hate to use the word nice, but it is just it's really it, it is it is a nice place to be in and having been in industries where it, it's it's difficult. This is this is not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it's, uh, it's I mean it's really good to hear that because I, I, I you having taken a look at the um, 
the landscape for uh, last few years in, in terms of the way some of the brands are approaching the, the female market, it really feels to me that there's far more female voice, uh, female designers working uh, in, in the product development. Uh, there's also the, uh, not only in terms of the, the, the fashion side of things, but in terms of the actual physical uh, R&D and uh, manufacturing and engineering of skis and boots and everything like that. And, and it's nice to see how uh, from from that far end in the in the industry that uh, there's a much stronger female voice, but then also such as your, yourself, who's uh, you know enthusiastic user, you know, and, and is, I think uh, from some of the marketing campaigns, bringing that voice and speaking to that customer uh, as well, uh, because you know there we have so many uh, great female skiers that are family skiers that are, have a girls' weekend away, let alone a boys' weekend away. So I'm really pleased to hear that uh, you know you found it as successful as you have done and you continue to do so. Do you have any, uh, any female um, inspiration? I, I don't, uh, either in the snowboard I've, industry I've, I've, or outside I've that you kind of look to as kind of like, with, um, I want to, uh, I want to be like that. Industry who just have, have taught me a lot, which was, has been really good. And they're not, they're not kind of well-known people, but you know, for me, it was, they, they had traits that you know, I thought actually, I want to, I need to learn from this person. And it's a lot of it is actually about how you, how you treat people, treat people with respect. Um, in some mm. industries, women can be quite nasty and mm. feel that they have to be, I don't know, quite masculine in their approach. And you actually realize that that's not there's there's no point trying to be something that you're not and i would say from within our within the industry or within the the snow sports arena i think three people that kind of i i admire um I think think that they're doing a really great job for women in skiing and and women in snow sports is kind of a bit of a cliche, but Lindsay Vaughn, Julia Mancuso and Shemi Orcott, I think they've done an awful lot to help people understand how difficult it is to be a ski racer uh, and a skier. And, you know, Shemi and Julia Mancuso doing a great job of like, you can do this and be a mother and bring up kids and still work. But they've just, I think they have... They're three people who have embraced social media, used it for the better, have created foundations to help young females, either whether it's in life in general or whether it's ski racing or just encouraging people to be the best people that they can be and that none of this comes easy everything takes it's hard work and the harder you work the better the better the results um there is no immediacy a lot of people will see that um there is an expectation that things happen immediately that you can just be famous you can just be this you can just be this because you want to be it the the i think the these three women just show how very, very hard you have to work and there are many, many knocks and you will go skiing and you will break something and you need to get fixed and you get back on your feet again. 
Um, and the more you do that, the stronger you become. Yeah, work hard, play hard, and you can be whatever you can, yeah, whatever uh, you want to that's, be. That's a, that's a very that's a great message, isn't it? I mean, uh, yeah, thank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, who's it? Somebody said the harder I work, the luckier I get. I, I can't remember who said that. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, as, as we uh, take a look at a few other different aspects here of, of you and, and the different brands that you, you've worked with in your, in your, um, in your uh, journey, um, do you think you probably have a, a defining moment Ooh, uh, within your, uh, either your um, career, your skiing career that, that's helped shape your identity? I don't know whether I've had a, a, like a defining moment. No, no, maybe I have. I just now I'm thinking about it. Um, I, I I worked with someone many years ago who was always of the opinion that perception was reality, and it was something that I could never quite get my head round. And I probably realized that I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be someone who took everything and everyone at face value. I wanted to be someone that would question and spend time and not judge. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of people do judge and will see something or someone and make an instant judgment in their head about what that thing or that person is like. And that's what this person who I worked with was like. And that for me made me realize that that was a very narrow-minded way to look at projects life itself never judge a book by a cover and it was and it was kind of just working with that person for a very short space of time made me realize that was that was how they lived their life and made me realize I did not want to live my life like that you have to take time you have to take time to understand the people that you work <laughs> yeah. with you have to take time to understand in my in my role no, who better. our customer is you can't just walk in and make a snap decision and say that's that because it's very, very rarely true. <laughs> and uh, that uh, being slightly reflective there. Uh, no, that's fine. I think it's great. It's great. Uh, with that in mind, then if you were to think of something that you're most grateful for in this moment. Being healthy, um, being happy. It's been a tumultuous year for everybody, um, but what are you most grateful for? I, I think those, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm lucky to have a great job working within an industry that I love. I appreciate fully that there are lots and lots and lots of people out there that are not in that situation. And so therefore that, that I feel very lucky to have that. I currently healthy i've just run a, for a charity challenge where i ran 106 miles in 16 days i'd never ever want to run again um never ever again um 
So, yeah, I think that, you know, at, at the moment, if you'd asked me that six months ago, probably would have been, or eight <laughs> months ago, probably would have been a very different um, answer. But, yeah, I think those are the things that I'm kind of thankful for at the moment is just being happy, healthy, working in a company with, that I love. And, yeah, having a great view out of my office window. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> from from a very 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 uh, um, we'll say uh, clean, but uh, from renovating windows. This. So uh, you uh, you obviously know that that my secret one of my secret talents is uh, I can clap with one hand and I can clap with one hand both. Yeah. <laughs> I so, can drink um, a but, lot of tequila. Um, can you share with us anything that, that that's cool that you've that you've done? Perhaps most people don't <laughs> yeah, know that you've I, done. I, yeah, I can I can drink quite a lot of tequila. Um, um, yeah can you that, that can't well, that be my like special talent <laughs> okay should we put that down as your special talent <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to think what my special talent yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know whether I have any special talents um No, we might might have to go down with uh, with, te- with uh, tequila then on that. And uh, if there's a if there's I'm a in. ski trip to uh, to Mexico, and then um, <laughs> I think we're in with a shout on that one. Um, so as we we kind of look to uh, wrap up, um, okay. I've got a few few fun little questions here for you, if you don't mind. Um, with uh, with with uh, if you were to describe your brands, if people had a take if you had a takeaway sentence, a word or phrase that encapsulates the brands. Ooh. No, that's um, a difficult one. What would they be? Um, I would from for atomic. I would say technology built on the race piece and shared with the public. From a Salomon perspective, I, like I would that. say okay. a brand born in the mountains, built for the mountains, shared for mountain people. Do you Ooh, think I can good. do that? Hey, tell you what, uh, this, it, I think you got future marketing, really. <laughs> I think you could. I think you could. Um, so uh, obviously we kind of chatted with lots of different things here, but uh, if you had a snow sport legacy, what would you like? I think that, that I be? made an impact. I made a difference and not, not for anything in, in particular, but to, to think to kind of maybe change the way that things were done or looked, made, made someone look at something in a slightly different way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. I think the, uh, I mean, you've obviously, uh, I know from your experience, well, you've done lots of work with, some of the charities and everything like that. So I think Make, making yeah, an impact, making, that's, that's cool. That's, uh, that's a lovely a way of being thought of, and that's a fantastic. So my final question, which we kind of ask everybody, is uh, how would you define a, uh, a legend of oh a brand? Oh, my God, oh, my and, God, oh, my God. And who in your um, eyes is a legend and why? There are so many. Within the winter sports industry, when you think about that question, there are um, well, you, so you, you, can, you can step outside um, the winter sport, but yeah. I've been yeah. quite lucky in, in the fact that I have met quite a few, which is amazing. I should be thankful for forever. Um, I think, how do you define a legend? I think within the winter sports industry, it is someone that makes an impact and 
has such passion about a brand that they almost they become they become the embodiment of that brand and when you mention their name everyone smiles and everyone acknowledges that the the presence that that person had yeah or um if you if you were to, if you're talking to people within the industry and you mentioned someone's first name everyone knows who you're talking about because they impacted not only the brand that they worked for but also potentially other brands and maybe how they did things or how they didn't do things um has has gravitas has respect um yeah and con- and considers you know and is is a very considerate person to the industry so who would who would be who would be my legend my legend that, would uh, be Eric sounds Davis. pretty good to, who who do you think it is and and there are there are many 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 others that <laughs> I, I can, yeah Eric I could, Davis go with you on that one, yeah. was with Salomon for yeah quite some time um his his passion for the brand, his mm-hmm. passion for the people within the industry, his passion for sharing his knowledge with anyone who, who wanted to know or needed to know, the way that he trained shop staff to help them to understand the difference in product, the way that he would was always wanted to spend time with people he was never he's never too busy to talk to someone about products or even just having a beer at the end of the day talking to someone about what a great day on the piece they've had um that that that's yeah he 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 is a legend in my <laughs> eyes no, I, think, I, I totally agree with you on so. that and uh, we might have to track him down for a future episode i think but uh so uh, if people want to find out more about uh, about you, want to find out more about the brands and uh, contact information, how um, so do they get in touch um, with you? How do they find out more? Is the best way, uh, potentially, which is inga.taylor at amasports.com. Um, so feel free to fire away any uh, emails in my direction okay. and I will do whatever I can to answer those questions. Cool. Lovely. Brilliant. Well, uh, thank you so very much for your time. And as always, it's a blast chatting with you. Uh, and I, mean, I feel like I've known you for years and years and years, which I have. But uh, no, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, to speak to us. Take care. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Cool. Hey, just before you head off, thank you very much for listening to Legends of the Brand. Feel free to drop us an email at legendsofthebrand at gmail.com. That's legends with an S of the brand at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to having you back here soon. Cheers.